Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment. Because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door. A leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are. And you need to know who you can trust. All right, y'all, it's another episode of It Be Your Own People, and it's time for cocktail of the day. Sally, what you got over there? Well, right now, I am sipping on a nice, crisp Peroni beer because y'all already know my favorite place to shop is Trader Joe's, and they always have my nice artisanal beers. And today, I'm taking it to Italy. What you got, girl? What you got? Oh, that sounds really good. I haven't had one of those in a while. But since it's the holidays, I'm going to have some sorrow with bourbon. If you're from the islands, you know what I'm talking about. And we also have a special guest today. We have some Black Dr. Realness up in the house. She also is in a private practice and she's our main girl, Dr. Priscilla Edgeman. Say hey to the people. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, of course. And what are you drinking over there? Well, I'm planning on having a nice cold glass of Riesling when I'm done with all this. That's right. A nice cold glass. It must have been a long day for you, girl. Definitely. Okay, so now it's game time. So the question is, who would you accidentally invite to Thanksgiving and not be mad if they actually came? But before we jump into the game, Sally, give some context. So back in 2016, this young man received a text from someone saying, oh, Thanksgiving at my house. Are you coming? It was a text from Wanda Dent. She apparently was just sending texts to the numbers that she had in her phone, not realizing that the number she had for the contact she was trying to reach now belonged to someone else. And it turned into this very cute exchange where Jamal receives the text and he goes, who this? She goes, it's your grandma. He goes, send me a picture. And she sends a picture and she's a white lady. He's a black young man. And it was like, there's no way you could be my grandmother. But it turned into a very sweet, wholesome thing. And they actually ended up spending every year together for Thanksgiving because of this relationship that happened out of pure accident. And we love to see it. So first and foremost, Priscilla, are you going to uh, actually be okay with a stranger coming to your house for Thanksgiving? Well, no. Sally, what about you, girl? Yes, yeah, I know for me, dog. Um, it's hard out here and people are weird. You can never be too safe. How do you know that you don't invite an axe murderer into your house on Thanksgiving? This is true. Now, for me, COVID or no COVID, it's a oh, hell no for me. Like, I'm just not that nice. You're not going to come into my home and eat my food, my good food. No. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, in my home where my dog lives? No, I don't think so. It's a no for me. What about an ex? Sally? None of my exes are coming to Thanksgiving. They can all shrivel up in a hole somewhere. No, I'm never going to be okay walking into a family function and seeing one of my exes. And at that point, somebody in my family getting slapped. Ooh, child. Okay. Priscilla, what about you? Even though we know that you only had one man, you married that one man, which is amazing. But if you were to have an ex, what if he was accidentally invited? Would you be mad? Yes, definitely. I mean, you want to drink, have fun. You don't want to be worrying about new drama at Thanksgiving. Mm -mm. Absolutely. I am not having that. And if someone else did the inviting, I'm be like, we are no longer communicating ever. So it's a no, no, no. 
what about a family member that you definitely did not intend to be there because y'all are just not that close anymore? Like it happens. Families fall out. This is very common that this might happen in my family because we got like 800 people in my family. So I guess the silver lining is that because there's so many people, the likelihood of me trying to interact with this person is very low. But I also don't want to have to ask you to pass the mashed potatoes. Like, I don't want to have to look at you while I'm eating my food. Priscilla, what about you? You go with all your family over there? I mean, if someone shows up that I haven't seen, it doesn't matter because there's so many other people you can talk to. They can find somebody to talk to. You don't have to interact with them. So it's not too bad. Just as long as there's enough Joloff to go around. This is true. But if that unwanted family member shows up with some raisins in the mashed potatoes or some stupid shit like that, no, we're going to turn your ass right back out the door. And your black card getting revoked. Absolutely. But what if it's like a celeb who just happens to roll through like Patty LaBelle? Patty LaBelle can come through with them sweet potato pies. I ain't going to be mad. Prissy and Patty LaBelle in or <laughs> she going to have to sing to prove that it's her. No, no, no. Of course. You just let her in, make her a nice plate, and that's it. Oh, I thought you were saying, no, ma'am. Oh, girl. All right. What about if it's a Patty LaBelle celebrity lookalike, but they still show up with the Patty LaBelle sweet potato pie? Well, how about this? I will take the pie, but you have to you have to prove that you're Patty. So you gotta give me that note. You know what I'm saying? Oh damn. You got yeah. to your dinner. I'm gonna take the pie. But if you not chew, bye-bye, turn around. What about the Obamas? Oh, you know I'm not going to be mad. Michelle and Barack. Mm. Yep, thank you. You can come. Actually, they can definitely let, come. Let me, let me see if I can find the number and send them a text and invite them over to Oswego for the Thanksgivings. Right, like how do I accidentally get the Obamas number? Because not for nothing, but... If you say, yeah, you come over, I'm be like, no, 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 I'm coming over to your place. Like, if you live in a lot nicer than I am, I'm coming over there. I'm going to get that five course meal. Like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, who? I, I feel like I got to know somebody in intelligence who can get me them digits. What about our favorite duo, Karamo and Kiki Hunty? Duh! I am here for it. And I also need to know... All the tea because they bring all the life to the party. And I know that they will be able to fill in all of the lulls in the conversation. That also don't happen when you grow up Dominican and there's too many damn people in your house. Yes, I would love that. Priscilla, what about you? Kiki Palmer and Karamo, they are a ball of laughs, like craziness. I would love that. I need entertainment. Yeah, I think that'll be a good time. And they definitely going to ask for whatever Jollof rice recipe you have. I would love all of that. But you know what? We're going to hit y'all with another who would you accidentally invite next time. But so far, mm, this game was good. Thank you, Pris. And now time for What the Fuck News. These What the Fuck News segments keep getting crazier and crazier, girl. Because whatever is going on in California, I want no parts of it. Two California women have given birth, all great and nice, but guess what the twist is? What happened? Girl, they gave birth to each other's babies after an IVF mix-up. What? Okay, for real though, like, what kind of bullshit is this? Right, like, if Tyler Perry's out here writing the news, he needs to stop doing that, because this is just way too crazy for words. But according to a lawsuit filed in L.A., after a mix-up at a fertility clinic, two families spent almost three months raising children that were not biologically theirs before swapping the infants. They were born a week apart in September 2019. This is the shit that gets me, like, so they were born a week apart, 
they weren't even born on the same day. Well, this was the clinic's fault, not the hospital's fault. Because this was also reminding me of, um, remember that TV show, Switched at Birth? Yep. I was just like, dang, this is just like that, but even crazier because you actually carried the babies in your wombs, but they weren't your biological children. Yes. So what I saw from the documents from the lawsuit was basically that the wrong embryo was put into each woman, but the sperm went with the correct intended embryo. So the good thing is that at least the father who was intended to be the father is the correct father. Because if not, oh, that would have been a whole mess. Oh, yeah. So you mean like if it was the father from one marriage and the wife from the other? Basically, yeah. So the only thing was that they actually did correctly carry each other's babies the way it was intended. It's basically like they got a surrogate. Yeah. And then the crazy part that tripped me up was that one couple... Daphne and Alexander Cardinal said they started to grow immediately suspicious when they realized that their daughter had a much darker complexion than they did. Yeah. I was just like, so you brought home a person of color not realizing that it was not your baby for three months. Basically, crazy. after the first week or two or so, you know, when babies of color start You're to right. your color starts to come in. So the first day you were like, oh, my baby look tan. Okay. Won't ever have to pay for some, you know, fake tans. But then now, after you start to get into your color two, three months, that's when her suspicion was like, wait a minute, girl. So they did get a DNA test and the DNA test confirmed that the embryos were swapped. So they are suing the hell up out of this clinic. And the other couple chooses to remain anonymous, but they will be filing their own lawsuit as well. My thing is just like, can you imagine being the parents that are looking at this baby every single day and are just like, something's just not quite right here. Something that just ain't right. Can you imagine? First of all, I'm glad that this happened only three months in, right? Imagine if it was three years, 13 years, and then that child gets on your damn nerves like, mama, daddy, I hate you. Oh, we be like, bitch, I know you ain't mine. I know you're mine. Look at that skin. Child. <laughs> this would be like Maury, where you go to Maury and they put the the pictures side by side, and right. they're like, "That baby don't even look like me." Right? You be like, "Look at her lips. She knew how to pay for them lips. Look at the curly hair. I don't nobody in my family got curly hair." Like they would be doing all of that. This is just the craziest story, and they said that it's happened before, not at this clinic, but it is rare but not uncommon. So it is so crazy. You are putting literally your child's future life in a clinic's hand, and they fuck up by just like, what? What were they doing? Were they just like drinking and say, oh, oh well? Well, it's not even that. Is IVF is extremely expensive. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's extremely expensive. Like this is someone's job. What were they doing? Because for you to make y'all can't label shit. For you to make a mix up of that like magnitude, what were you doing? This is your job. Were you just, hey, this might be fun? Was it a that's just too big to be a mistake? You know what I mean? They like they mix up the vials and then they were just like, oh well, it's in God's hands now. Yeah, so I <laughs> can't wait to hear a little bit more about this story. But lifetime, you got a good one in your hands. Or Tyler Perry. Hello, write this. No, 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 no. He he good. He don't need to be writing this. Listen, I wouldn't be mad if I saw it. So. Although I cannot say that I would not be shocked if he writes this into yet another crazy ass episode of Sisters. 
That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be mad if I saw this in a movie. Right. Now let's get into the Georgia district attorney who pled guilty to bribing and influencing witnesses. Oh, shame, shame, shame. Yeah, as if we didn't need any more proof on just how crazy, corrupt prosecutors can be. Now they just out here admitting how crazy and corrupt they are. So Mark Jones had already been suspended as the Chattahoochee Judicial Circuit District Attorney. Hold up, you better stop. That's the what now? I'm not even making this up. This is the name of the county where he was the DA and it's the Chattahoochee judicial circuit district attorney i know you're talking about something serious but guess what if i meet a man from chattahoochee i'm gonna be like you better take your ass over back to them hoochies no sir that should have been the first red flag where i'm just like okay so we about to talk about frauds and scams up here chattahoochee gucci no no Mm -mm. well chattahoochee said listen girl we're gonna indict you and we're gonna have to place you on suspension and possibly the jail ting tings because they found out that he's been influencing police officers' testimony, offering bribes to prosecutors in his office, and even trying to influence and prevent the testimony of a crime victim. Just off the top of my head, that's at least three or four different Brady violations. Sir, I just can't. What this is also going to cause is all of those cases that he was involved in, they're going to get reopened. And people are going to be like, you know what? This is what happens when you get tried in the Chattahoochee court. They're going to throw your hoochie ass in jail. Yes, but also this entire segment of what the fuck news sounds like it was brought to you by none other than Tyler D. Perry. Mm-hmm. Well, his studios are in Georgia, so it could have been brought to you by Tyler Perry. It has something to do with this Chattahoochee child. Mm. It's time for regular regular news. Sadly, there is an educational gag order. Yes, that's right. An educational gag order that is happening in half of the country. There are 24 states that are saying, um, hello, we do not want kids in K through 12 to learn about topics like racism, sexism, and American history. How sway? Oh, that's great. So they don't want American children to realize the truth on what American history was built on. They don't want them to be upset about what really, really went down. Okay, cool, 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 cool. This is just another way those in power try to whitewash and erase history. We've seen it time and time again. But luckily, I am confident no matter how hard they try to erase what actually went down, there will always be people willing to spread the real truth of what went on in this country and what keeps going on in this country. True. But we have seen throughout this year alone that from January to September, a total of 54 bills concerning the K through 12 schools. Basically, they were introduced this year, but 11 of those bills have become laws in nine states, including Texas, Tennessee and Oklahoma. But moving on to something less ridiculous and more fun for us as employees, Portugal has recently banned bosses from communicating with employees after work hours. Where's this energy here? We need this energy right here. Love that a lot. This came after an increase in people working from home due to the pandemic. And the law also includes how workers should have the right to at least 11 consecutive hours of night rest during which they should not be interrupted unless for emergencies. 
I See, like I that. that. Like night rest does not have to be me sleeping. It is me not communicating with anyone from my job, coworker, boss, or any of the above. Leave me the fuck alone. We are done. No more emails. No mas. No, no. Like, no more emails, no more Slack, no more like consecutive emails after 9 p.m. Like, oh, can you answer this? No, I cannot because it's past my contractually obligated work hours and I'm trying to watch my smut TV in peace. And also, since we're in most people are in this remote life, you could be working with people on different coasts. So you need to know what coast I'm on. Don't send me that motherfucking email if it's past my night hours. Okay. Right. Just because about it's that 5 shit. p.m. in California does not mean that you should be bothering my New York ass at 8 p.m. That's right. Also, the law is including that employers need to contribute to their staff's work from home expenses, such as Internet and electricity. I love this. Bring it. Bring it on. Because it needs to be upgraded. Give me that money. Like I need the full speed Internet. I also need all the electricity because these light bills they don't pay themselves and now you're asking me to use more of the things that i'm trying not to use so national grid don't be coming after my ass every single month and lastly what's this other thing that the law will include i'm not a fan of it but tell us about it they said that bosses will be expected to meet with members of staff face to face every two months i mean that's not bad that's better than having the one-on-one every week that's fine. My thing is, if people, again, are working remotely, some people have moved. Some people are not in the same states. So for me to have to travel to see you, I don't need to see you face face. Let's have this meeting via Zoom. Do not take up my time for this. You know what I'm saying? That part. That's just me. And now it's time for... Baby, we winning. In this section of We Winning, we are giving it up to Iman Shumpert for his absolute A1 performances that he's been giving us on Dancing with the Stars. Treat, let the people know about Iman's good moves. Yeah, so I've actually been watching not the whole journey, but I've been watching a few clips of just him dancing because that show is too long and Tyra be talking way too much and I can't stare at her forehead and these ridiculous outfits for too long. But back to Iman. He said he's determined to give it all he's got. And it's helping him stay in shape in case he decides to pop back up in the NBA. And not for nothing, but his wife, Tiana Taylor, is a badass dancer. So you know he got to represent for the family. I mean, even his oldest daughter would definitely be like, Dad, why'd you do so badly? So he got to represent for everyone. But he's been doing really great. When he did the Halloween episode with his partner, they did a rendition of them. Oh, my goodness. It was too good. Like, did you see that clip? Of course. So I have not been watching Dancing with the Stars. I only catch the clips of Iman dancing, especially for the performances that he does shirtless. Because let's face it, that's TV magic right there. No, I feel you. Like, he looks so much more attractive dancing. Like, for me, it's like, okay, he's a great guy. Whatever. Play ball. Not my type. But he looks so sexy and attractive dancing, especially the way he just confidently handles the partner because for me the biggest thing i hate about dancing with the stars is that the woman the female dancer regardless if you are the celeb or the pro you have to do so much more like i feel like most of the men stand there they look like trees they move to the left and move to the right while the woman is doing backflips up and down around your head so he is actually putting in that extra work i mean he's been looking really great and his tall stature next to his partner 
Wow. He has like this effortless grace about him, too, that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a basketball player. Not just a basketball player, but he brings an edge to it. Like whether he's doing the foxtrot or the tango or whatever the fuck other dances they have to do. He looks really great. And he does it. Yes. With ease and grace. You know, what was my favorite one so far that they've done, though, was the quick step. What was he dressed up as? Because I don't be remembering the dances. I remember like what the actual dance looked like. You know, I forgot what he was wearing, but he was so light on his feet. And, you know, like when you're that big, it's very difficult for you to look like you're doing a light landing. And it's almost like his feet look like they were butterflies the way that he was moving so effortlessly. You say he flying he like a feather. Yeah, fly like a feather, sting like a bee, but you can sting me anytime. Just don't tell Tiana because she's crazy. Oh, child. But the fact of the matter is we will be rooting for him. He's in the finals. He deserves it. He's doing the damn thing. They be playing people left and right, but he really deserves it. So we got to make sure he wins. Everybody, vote it up. Now on to these good watches. Check this out. So we have so many great people of color shows coming up. Some that are currently airing. And I am way too excited about this one. A new show called Harlem on Amazon Prime. Ooh, it's starring my girl Megan Good. Sally, tell us more. Yeah, I want to give a big up to Amazon Prime for knowing what my interests are and letting me know that this is a show that I want to watch. In this show, it's a comedy series that follows a group of stylish and ambitious best girlfriends in Harlem, New York City. They've all just graduated college and want to follow their dreams. I was watching this and I go, okay, so this is like us when we all lived in the city together, really hustling, making it work. Of all the things that I'm most excited about, I'm very excited to see our girl Megan Good up on the screen. Also joined by Grace Byers, Tyler Lepley, Shaniqua Shandai, and Whoopi Goldberg is featured in this show too. So this show premieres in December, and as many people know, Harlem is one of the meccas of Black culture in America. So we get to see them level up in their 20s, and they're trying to figure out the next phase of their careers, relationships, and you know this city life, child, we can tell you firsthand, it is not easy. So to see ourselves being represented on the screen in so many different shows, yes, to everyone bringing the Black shows to life. That's all I gotta say. And on the topic of representation on the screen, Hentified on Netflix is back for season two. Oh, hold on now. Can you say that again? That's how I said. Hentified. I thought it was gentified. Say what now? So I really like this show because it features a Mexican-American family. And right away, they hit you with the Spanish. They hit you with the Chicano. They hit you with all of this burgeoning culture. In Southern California. And it follows the story of three Mexican-American cousins that are trying to chase that American dream. They're all first generation, meaning that their parents or their grandparents immigrated from Mexico. And even while that dream is being threatened by some of the things that they hold most dear, they have to also fight the problems of gentrification in their neighborhood. I don't want to give any spoilers, but this is season two. Their grandfather is in danger of being deported because he is undocumented. No one knew that because he's been living in this country for over 60 years. And then they're also dealing with the loss of losing their family-owned taco shop, which is how he was able to provide for the family. This show is so great. I love hearing them interact in Spanish. I love following these immigrant stories because it's so close to home to watching my dad grow up and trying to provide for his family as also being an immigrant himself. I'm here for it. The music is great. 
The food they be cooking on my show looks so good, girl. Them tacos be making me hungry. I'm not going to lie. Well, that sounds amazing. I have to give it a try and look that up. This also kind of reminds me of this really great show about a Mexican family called Alcapulco. It also goes in and out from Spanish speaking to English. And basically, we're seeing real life a man talking to his nephew about how he grew up in Mexico with his sister, whose nephew's mother and how life was different back then but basically he works at a hotel owned by americans so we get to see all of that transpire but also we don't know how the current male talking to his nephew we don't know how he's rich but he is rich in current day so all the stories he tells his nephew is from about 15 20 years ago and it's it's really great to see so i would definitely say this remind me of gentified and you got to check that out girl Ooh, I'm on it. I'm on it. And speaking of checking things out, you have definitely put me onto a great new show that I can't wait to start watching. 20s on BET has returned for season two. Yeah, so 20s is a semi-autobiographical series created by Lena Waithe. So it's good. Because, you know, most things on BET, we get a little nervous. We might think it's Tyler Perry, but no, this one's by Lena. So it is great. But it follows an aspiring screenwriter who is a queer black woman. And she has two straight best friends. And we get to see them growing up in their 20s. But of course, there's always a struggle. There's always love. And then you have to figure out how it all works in the professional world. We also get to see some familiar faces. We see one of the best friends, Condola from Insecure. And... I want to say somewhat, but not somewhat, her love interest is Iman Shumper, who we just talked about in the We Winning section. So there's a lot of big name faces that show up. Nia, who also plays one of the other besties, her sort of love interest in season one was Big Sean. We also have the writer. She is Hattie. So it's a lot of different things going on in there. We see engagements. We see people finding out who they're truly attracted to. It's it's good. I'm telling you, it's better to watch it now if you haven't from season one straight into season two. Because I had to watch season one and wait like a damn year to season two. And I hate that shit. So I'm excited. I can't wait. All the people is in this. All the people's in it, but it is well written. But much like Insecure, it's too short. That's all I got to say. All right, you know it's one of my favorite parts when Sully gets to just sound off. Go ahead, girl, with this Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So we all know that the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is underway, and we have seen way too many instances of just white supremacy running amok with our court system. The most recent joker-ass shit to happen is the judge has dismissed the weapons charge due to a clerical error. I cannot help myself but to think about all of the different instances when our young black men and our small black children have been vilified in the media and have been adultized because of seemingly innocuous actions. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Kyle Rittenhouse's case, He shot three people, murdered two, while he was at the protest in Kenosha. In doing so, he also traveled with an AR-15, a semi-automatic rifle. He was 17 years old at the time. He was carrying an illegal weapon as a minor. Yet because of this clerical error, the judge was able to dismiss this charge from all the other charges, therefore reducing his sentence by six to seven years should he be convicted. 
But when we think about victims like Tamir Rice, who was murdered for holding a toy gun and none of the legal gatekeepers of the criminal justice system batted an eye. And we were meant to see how his death was justified because of the fact that his holding a toy gun was seen as a threat. This also brings back memories to the now exonerated five, originally known as the Central Park Five. When I'm sitting there having to watch Rittenhouse's terrible acting and his crocodile-ass tears, talking about how, oh, he feels so bad over murdering these people, but you didn't feel bad when you actually did the murder, and you didn't feel bad when you were taken to a bar to celebrate what you had done after they were able to bail you out because people put up the money for your bail. I cannot help to think about the young boys who were once the Central Park Five and how their tears when they were on the stand for their innocence could not save them from their wrongful convictions. So this just shows how we continue to perpetuate these racist overtones in our criminal justice system and vilify an entire marginalized community while trying to justify the Karen ass white tears from others. That's all I have to say. I really hope that this trial does not go the way that a lot of you think it's going to go. And we can still hope for some justice in this. Now it's time for the sad blackity black ass truth. Ooh, so you got a load off of your back. But speaking of Karens, mm, a Karen was booed off of stage after interrupting a comedian during his set. Comedian Affion Croquette. So she got up on stage and she just wanted to let him and the entire crowd know that she was offended by his jokes. Let's take a listen. Ma'am, it's a goddamn comedy show. What the fuck it is? What's the problem? What's the problem? I'm a woman. We know you're a woman. We can tell. I'm married to a man. Good. How? How am I insulting people by talking? about sexual matters between adults. So me being up here describing my life is insulting to you? Then how you how do you speak for the whole crowd and tell me that I'm insulting them? Who is anybody insulting? Now Sally, what are your thoughts? I have no idea what this woman is so upset about. Like it's a joke. Nothing that he said was in any way remotely offensive. And all I hear her say is, I'm a woman and I'm married to a man, but you've insulted a lot of people tonight. Okay, so what? You could be married to a dog and I still ain't going to give a fuck. The whole point is you are at a comedy show. If funny is not for you, if comedy is not for you, bitch, go home. If you don't like it and you're offended, get up and go the fuck home. Why and how dare you get up on stage and say, excuse me, I'm offended. What the fuck does that have to do with anyone? You can't speak for everybody up in there. Leave. That's it. And it's like you said, if you get easily offended, why are you going to a comedy show? You're ruining it for everybody. Yes. And after a few other words, Affion said, so me being up here describing my life is insulting to you. And afterwards, everyone then booed Miss Karen up off the stage, which is a big ha-ha moment for her. But it's like, I feel like in the times that we're in and with social media and everything else, people feel like their feelings just need to be put out there at every time and every moment. No, it shouldn't matter what the fuck you think about a comedy set. Like, this is a show. Bitch, what? I don't get it. I am confusion. Me personally, I'm one of those people that if I go to a comedy show, I like to sit as close to the front row as possible because I want you to roast me. But I also don't get offended. So 
girl that's the worst place to sit i'm gonna say neutral areas i'm sitting like towards the middle ish or the side if you happen to look at me go ahead and make a joke but like, i'm not gonna sit right in the front to be like oh. <laughs> no i like being the joke okay well that's you apparently you need to go talk to this karen because she didn't get it and she was offended bitch oh, she don't bye. Talk to me because then she really will get offended bye don't go to any more comedy shows that's all i got for you and now it's your black card revoked we were voking black cards and Kanye needs to come step up because he's been doing a lot lately. I mean, he does a lot all the time, but he's doing a lot, a lot lately. He showed up at the Drink Champs podcast with Nori and claimed that signing Big Sean was his biggest mistake ever. Ooh, child. Of all the things that you've done, you think that was your biggest mistake? But he's just so rude. Tell him what else he said. He said, when I die on my tombstone, it's going to say, I deserve to be here because I signed Big Sean. Really? It's like, this is giving me doing the most when you want attention because you mad that your soon-to-be ex-wife is dating a little scrubbly, little dirty ting-ting. Which we still have not figured out how that happened. I'm going to give him that. We still trying to figure out how one plus one is ended up to do with in that equation. But that don't matter. It's like, if you mad about that, don't take that out on somebody who is not even there minding their own damn business yeah and then like it's not even that he's mad at signing big sean because of big sean's artistry he literally said that the reason why signing big sean was his biggest mistake is because he wouldn't support him when he was running for president it's like yeah anybody would have minded that like come on Big Sean is talented. Do you know what I mean? So, like, we know that you are talking pure trash. And we know the Drink Champs podcast is known for having some nice, strong drinks and then talking shit. We can't blame this on drinks. Like, this is what you did, sir. He's such a big-ass clown because Big Sean responded literally right after that came out. And said that he was hanging with Kanye after that interview and Kanye ain't say shit. Like, how whack are you? Why? And I don't understand why you couldn't just give a heads up or just if that was such a big issue for you, you could have hit him up like that's supposed to be your dog. That's supposed to be your homie. You could have been like, hey, bro, I really didn't appreciate the fact that you didn't support me in my run for presidency. But we grow here in adults. Exactly. But we know the real reason why he called out Big Sean, because a few days, actually almost a week prior to this interview, Big Sean released new music. And guess what? He departed from Kanye West's good music label. Now we know the real reason why Kanye was mad. It's because Big Sean left his label and he's putting out new music. So that's why you're mad. And then you choose to roast him. But then after the interview, you go hang out with him. Kanye, grow a pair. What is, what is your problem? Pretty much he's just a man child. That's what it comes down to. Which is probably the reason why Kim K likes what she likes. You know what? It's adding up now. It's time for Celeb News. Reality Roundup. So speaking of Iman Shumpert's wife, family, the whole night. I mean, everybody's just talented. I love to see it. Tiana Taylor brought her daughter, her and Iman Shumpert's daughter up on stage to perform with her. And baby... Oh, it was fire. Did you see that? Junie B got moves, let me tell you, okay? She's all of what? How old is she now? Like five, six, seven? No, I think she's like eight or nine. She's definitely not that old. She's just her parents are tall. But the girl got sass. She got dance moves. She got her own little show going on. I mean, can I be her (laughs) in the next life? She got it going on. No, seriously. And you know that baby gonna be set up for life. 
very much so but i love to see the talent and i love to see the family orientations happening and now we're going to move on to less exciting news but oh girl wendy williams is still not coming back to her own talk show for the rest of the year she was actually supposed to come back this week after many different guest hosts we saw sherry shepherd michael rapport and they did a pretty good job like I actually want both of them to have their own show. I really am here for Michael Rappaport's messiness because he be into all the same toxic shit that we're into and he don't give a fuck who gets mad at him. He's going to talk his shit, say what he want to say and say it loud and proud. But I mean, not for nothing. When we heard Wendy wasn't coming back for the rest of this year, it was literally a few days after her ex-husband recently proposed to the mistress that he left her for. That man has really done a big old number on Wendy's mental health, and I hate to see it. I know. He is really shit, shit, shit. I just need the karma to come back and get him. But we're going to move on to some more sad news. Stevie J is filing for a divorce from Faith. Damn. I mean, I'm not surprised, but like, how long did it last? A few years, but I think you're going to be even more surprised when you realize why he's filing for divorce. Ooh, child, what happened? He's claiming that he is divorcing her because she cheated on him. Stop. Right. And like, I'm supposed to sit no. here and believe that CVJ has been 100% faithful in his marriage. That man cannot maintain loyalty for more than two seconds. Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, let's not act like Faith ain't hot. She could, she could cheat. But I feel like if there was infidelity, it's probably on both parts. Exactly. That's all I'm going to say. Like, ain't no way that he's been completely innocent and perfect in all this. This video hasn't been released, but they're talking about how on the blogs, they've mentioned that there is some sort of security video from the house showing them arguing and getting into some kind of altercation. Ooh, this just makes me want to move right on along to our new favorite show, Queens, because then we could get into Eve. Thank goodness Eve left CBJ and they had a little dating fling back in the day. But Eve done moving both on up. And in this recent episode, there were so many people who could spot her little baby bump. But in her character, talking about infidelity, the whole mistress is pregnant. Child. Mm. I told you, I called it. I called it. I knew it. I knew she was going to come up pregnant. Then she decides that she's going to get the abortion at the 11th hour. She just runs off with her pregnant self with this baby. Yeah, because if she were to just do it right away, that wouldn't make sense. We would have no show. Exactly. But more to talk about Miss Valeria over here being happy about having a stalker. Bitch, what is your problem? She's a cloud chaser and she admitted it. She said cloud chasing is a full-time job. She and did. She did. For other cloud chasers out there, that is you. She would, I was just like, you know what? You living in your truth. And that's why she's over here sucking and tucking and lifting. And she done lifted herself out from being able to even walk from some bad ass injections. But then what makes it even worse is that she finds out the stalker is not a stalker at all, but actually her mother who abandoned her years ago. So Valeria, now really nobody cares about what you're doing. Right. Please calm the fuck down. But back to Eve, who plays Brianna. Honey, don't want her some young thing. She was like, listen, little boo, little rapper boo. I have five kids. He said, girl, I'll take you and your five kids to Paris. I said, what? Listen, Professor P-Sex definitely came out for a lesson and a lesson was giveth. She did that. 
sense. But into Brandy's storyline, she always be having some crazy laughs. This baby's father of hers, they have a whole teenager together. Eric is trying to be a dad, but like that whole storyline, I was like, sir, what are you doing? Yeah, with that whole chain snatching shit, I was just like, you're doing a lot. It's 2021. Don't nobody care about this. I get it. You're trying to bond with your kid, but you're too old, sir. Like, but even your like 16, 17 year old daughter said, this is stupid to go after someone who took your chain. And he said, no, it's the streets talking. Let me go to Jada kiss. Oh, I was like, what is happening right now? Okay, I do love that this show be having some of the most ridiculous cameos for these really big names in hip hop. I love it. But Jill, baby, you got doing props, a lot. girl. Notori Norton's character is doing the worst. How you gonna go perform with nasty butches? Oh, wait, that's what they were called? Yes, butches, because they were drags. Yes. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Damn. She went on and performed with male versions of her actual group members. Who were in the audience. Who were in the audience watching, but they were drag members who not for nothing did look good, but they were performing as nasty butches. Now, this new girl that has come into her life, she's definitely driving a wedge. She's trying to take advantage. She's trying that. Talk about cloud chaser. She is chasing Jill's moment right now and trying to capitalize off of that for her. She don't care about her. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it all comes back to bite her in the ass. But we did finally see Little Muffin, right? Again. After like you two mean Little Unicorn? There. Oh my God, that was the worst. First of all, you can't leave us with that as the ending for her as just this, this unicorn jewel that she put in her forehead. She surgically implanted for $5 million in her forehead and it falls off. And that's the last scene that we see of her until next week. Is she alive? I will say that this show be trolling a lot of people that trend in mainstream media because <laughs> I was just like, wow, y'all really came for that. Um, Uzi Vert. Yeah, a little Uzi Vert. And I love every bit of it. The part that made me laugh about it was that Brianna was the one who was just like, oh, that thing is going to come off when she tried to take her shirt off. And that's exactly how it happened. Yup. With all the craziness happening, I'm so glad that Queens comes right after our kind of people ends. Because, honey, I could barely keep up with what's going on over there. In one hour of these shows, I get at least two seasons worth of good drama. Mm. Yeah, that, there is so much good drama on these shows that you cannot blink for even a second because you will miss out on some very good piping tea. Seriously. And so on our kind of people, we see Yaya's character pull a whole Solange in the elevator trying to protect her sister who would quote unquote be the Beyonce. She was beating up the sister's husband who had just kissed his ex-wife in the car. Ooh, I loved it. I was like, oh my God, reenacting the elevator. Yes. I was here for all of that, especially when it has to do with trying to defend and take up for the family. But when the father who came out of jail, first of all, he got out of jail way, way too quick. But anyways, he got right? out of jail and then they cut his hair. I was like, hold up. He got no shirt on. He cutting his dreads. He is looking really good in this scene. It was just it was so sensual and so cute how they were on the beach. He had a shirt off and she's just cutting his hair strand by strand. I was like. Wow. 
And I also like the way that they pay homage to a lot of Black cultural things that don't really get spoken about in the mainstream media. So when she was cutting off his dreads, they made it very ceremonial because Mm -hmm. you don't just decide to cut off your dreads. Like, you don't just wake up one day and be like, I need a haircut. I need a change. I'm going to cut this off. Like, there's a whole spiritual connection to our hair. And I love the way that that is highlighted in the show. That, but I was looking at how good he looked. Like, I don't know, that whole scene, I was like, woo, something was going on there, and it was good. And now the ex-wife of Morris Chestnut, she, ooh, she's doing she's some trifling. She's doing some shady, shady, shadiness. So I can't wait to see what she comes back to do. The daughter is like trying to connect. The grandfather, Joe Morton, just had a whole heart attack, open heart surgery. I'm like, a lot of shit is going on. Damn. Yeah, and I cannot wait to see where they're going to go with this next week. Because every minute, I'm like, I have no breath left. Okay, and we are back, and we are so excited to welcome back our girl, Dr. Priscilla Adjaman is in the house. Claps all around. Tree, let the people know about our girlfriend, our bestie, our gal pal. She is a young, black, successful, and don't forget intelligent doctor in the New York community who is joining us today to bring more awareness to Prematurity Awareness Month, which is November. Dr. Briss is not only one of our besties, it's been like almost two decades now, but she is also here to share her journey as a black woman in medicine and motherhood. So, um, hello, bravo, hit her up from the New York version of Married to Medicine, please. Andy, get her on the phone, get us on the phone, whatever you got to do, because she's the real deal. So, Priscilla, welcome again. But first and foremost, where can the people find you on Facebook, girl? Well, they can find me on Facebook at Priscilla Adjman. Just look for my name. Um, I'll be on a couple other platforms soon, and I'll be putting it out there. Probably let you guys know. Giving us new information here. This is actually major news. See, we just dropping exclusives. That's what we do. But again, as we mentioned that November is Prematurity Awareness Month, which a lot of people don't know. And World Prematurity Awareness Day just passed. So what would you like to share with us regarding what this month is about and what it means to you as a doctor and a mother? Yeah, so this is a very important month. In general, as a doctor, we care about different health conditions, but this affects me personally because my son was born premature. And so I've had to navigate that as from the other side of it as a mother. So it's a very important month. And there's a lot of resources and organizations out there like March of Dimes who are doing a lot to really bring awareness to the topic. Yes. And I usually work with my sorority and organization. We usually work with March of Dimes and Prematurity Awareness Month. So I'm usually there helping those mothers, you know, in the hospital, just making cards with them and trying to lift their spirits up in hopes that their child will get home soon. So it's always very touching and enlightening to see. But what also does this mean as a doctor, the importance of it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's very important that we know that one in every 10 infants in America are born premature. And all that means is that the child was born before 37 weeks of pregnancy. So that's a pretty good amount for a health system that's supposed to be one of the best. So it's something for all of us to really think about and continue to work on to see how we can give these kids a better start to life. 
I actually had no idea that November was Prematurity Awareness Month. This has already been an enlightening experience for me. Also having friends and family who have gone through very similar situations. I think that this has also helped me realize the starker issue at play, specifically for Black women. We also know that because of everything else going on in society, Black women and women of color don't always get the best health care. And Black women tend to be at a higher risk for premature labor compared to their white counterparts. Is there something that you can speak on for our audience on some of the social mechanisms that contribute to this problem? And then what advice can you give us on how we can better advocate for ourselves in healthcare? Yeah. Like you said, Black women definitely have higher rates of premature birth. To be exact, it's around 14 to 15% compared to their white counterparts, which is around 9%. And it's a big difference. I think some of the things that are contributing, obviously, are systemic things like not having enough social or financial support, also seeking prenatal care late. And not just having enough information about the topic in general. So I feel like maybe the white counterparts have more education when it comes to the topic. What we can do about that is to continue to educate ourselves, talk to other women that we know may have gone through it, and just connect people so that the cycle kind of gets less and less. That is very good advice. What would you say to someone who potentially thinks that they might want a new doctor, that maybe the concerns that they're voicing aren't being heard? Yeah, I think that with this topic in general or with any health condition, you're the one in in charge, right? It's your health. And if you need a second, third, fourth opinion, you should seek that. And whatever doctor you are seeing, they should advocate for you. And if they're not meeting your needs... You should call your insurance, see who else is available and find someone else. It's very important to connect with your doctor, build a good rapport, especially through pregnancy, which is a nine month um, journey. So definitely important. Yes. If they're not advocating for me, malpractice all the way. But (laughs) um, malpractice. Yes, ma'am. I'm important here. But what advice can you provide to families that have currently experienced a premature or preterm birth? Like, let's say it just happened, you know, maybe a month or so ago. What kind of encouraging words would you give them to let them know, like, it's going to be okay? Yeah, I mean, in my own experience, my son was in the ICU at the hospital for several months. I mean, nine months. And I would just say it can be a lonely and dark time. So just Don't be afraid to reach out to the staff in the hospital for other resources. Sometimes they can connect you with other women who have gone through those experiences. Or if you know other women who've gone through that, then you should try to find out more information and connect with them because they can relate more to what you've been through. Um, And lastly, I'd say keep your friends and your family close. It's easy to push away during this time, but you need all the support you can get for you and your child. I think that's a great thing to say because I feel like people on the outside, they don't want to push, you know, they don't want to force you to give them an answer, especially when you don't have one. So I think saying that is is really a huge, important factor. Yeah. And, you know, I like, though, what you say about having self-awareness and that it is human nature for us to silo ourselves and try to take everything else on ourselves because we have to be resilient. We have to be strong. But 
there's always a community for something there. It really does take a village. So being able to rely on others for support, it's not a bad thing and can actually be a, quite a relief for it can be a place of comfort to know mm-hmm. that you're not doing it alone. Definitely. And taking into consideration then, so you became a new mom, basically in the middle of the pandemic, which was a less than ideal time for society at large, but even less so for parents and healthcare professionals. And here you are as both a badass doctor and a first time mother. So how did the pandemic then impact both of those journeys for you? Yeah, that's that's really um, tough question. Um, It's a challenge. The pandemic has really been rough, I think, on all medical providers. But as a mom, trying to strike that balance of work versus home life has been even harder. To be specific, when my son was born um, premature, I was also working. So I was going to the hospital, seeing him, then coming back and taking care of sick patients during a pandemic where we didn't know whether people were going to live or die. So a lot of emotional stress and just trying to keep everything together, honestly. But having a good support system, like I mentioned before, is very important. And we just know that we're doing our best every day to take care of people. And hopefully this pandemic will be over soon. Looking ahead is what what kept me going. Yes. And I just want to dig in a little further about that support system because we can't forget husband Jesse up in the house, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Shout out to my husband. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't divorce me by now. You know, it was it was a rough time. Yeah, he would um, never. He he definitely got through it. Yeah, you know what he has to face over here with us. So that ain't happening. Okay, exactly. Like we don't use that D word up in this circle. Yes, that support system of you know a spouse, great parents, siblings, family members, and friends. I think that is very important to have. But also, what have been some of the more significant moments in your medical journey where you knew this was the path for you? Like, what made you say, you know, I'm going to be a doctor and I want to help people in this way? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I didn't really see a lot of doctors that looked like me. And a lot of people told me I couldn't do what I'm doing. So that was a lot of motivation. But I think the things that let me know that I'm in the right place is... I'm out there empowering people with knowledge to make good, informed decisions about their health. And so I don't want a patient to rely on me. Um, I want them to have enough knowledge and information so that they know what they're doing to take care of their health. Because ultimately, it's what you're doing on a day-to-day and not what the doctor's doing in your one, two, three office visits. So that's really rewarding for me. I love that. Just breaking it on down like you didn't see that because I feel like to each of us, we are where we are today because we didn't see someone who looked like us in the fields that we're in. Mm-hmm. So that is mm-hmm. always a push forward. Like I have no black uh, creatives around me. And to this day, I still don't. But you know what? I'm going to change it. So Dr. Priscilla, mm, you are so right. So right, girl. And also, I want to know the names of the people who said that you couldn't do what you're doing so we can have a moment with them. Yeah, I have to give you a long list. <laughs> I got time, girl. For me and my girls, I got the time. It's okay because they can try to get a job working under you and you will reject them. So That's right. About that, okay? Obviously, we've known you for so long, but are there any other future plans that you want to let the It Be Your Own People audience know about? Yeah, so just hanging out with the family, still being safe. Recommend everyone 
be vaccinated, wear your mask when necessary. Um, and things that I have in the works are I'm working on a couple of certifications. I'm really interested in obesity medicine, weight management. So um, I have a lot of people coming to me for that. So that's something that will be coming out soon. Oh, I will be giving you a call. I got the first discount, right? Free for you, girl. Free. Love no, it. No, Dr. Press. I love Miss Sally, but you got to make everybody pay. Okay. <laughs> everybody needs to pay. That's how you keep your money and you turn the money into M's. Millions. But we will definitely be watching out for Bravo. We got to hit up Andy because there needs to be a New York version of Married to Medicine. You are all yep. And a bag of chips, darling. So we need to make sure we get that on and pop in. Yes, that'll be fun. Definitely. And, you know, you got to bring your crazy friends on there to really get the party started. Yes, but thank you so much for educating the people out there about prematurity awareness, how important it is, and that every November there are things that they can do to help a child who was born just a little bit early. But thank you so much for stopping by, Dr. Priscilla Edgeman up in the thank house. You guys so we love much you, girl. For having me. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.